Hello, welcome back to Psychology Concepts Explained. This is Dr. Jack Chuang, your host for my humble little podcast. And happy Monday to you. I thought if you wanted a five to ten minutes of of a subject that is not the insurrection and the destruction of America, then you're in the right place. Okay, um, I've had a couple of uh, students message me and wanted to know more about the gap year. That's today's subject. And I thought I knew what that meant, like just taking some time off in between high school and college or after college and starting one's professional life. Technically, that's one definition, but it's what you do with that time that was interesting to me. So I just did a quick Google search. Technically, I don't use Google for privacy reasons. I use DuckDuckGo or some other search engine. <laughs> That's another story. And uh, so I found a good article from U.S. News Education, and I'm going to post it in the description. You can read up more about it and do your own search. But I found out that the gap year is big business. A lot of private companies Think of it as like summer camp, how that's big business in America when kids are out of school and the parents are still working. So what do you do with those kids or teenagers, right? You keep them busy by sending them to a camp, soccer camp, science camp, coding camp, right? Um, and the gap year is seen as something similar, but, you know, you're older, you're a little bit more mature, and... Some of them are designed by the colleges and universities themselves. Some of them are designed by private companies that will try to create activities like a camp that would help you with your university admissions in your personal resume. Think of it that way. Now, I'm not necessarily going to advocate for that kind of gap year, the very structured kind of, you know, very intentional structured gap year. You know, it sounds very strategic. You know, I want to go to this university. I'm going to major in this. So I better, you know, have a maybe, you know, if I want to be a marine biologist, I'll spend a lot of money, go to Indonesia and do some scuba diving and uh, study the environment through this program. You know, I, that's going to require a lot of research um, to find out, make sure that's legit. There are a lot of these sort of study abroad type programs, and a lot of gap year activities are international. And I can tell you that you don't necessarily have to do that. You can really design your own gap year, right? So no matter where you're living, especially during COVID, you're not going to be able to travel much, likely, it's especially international destinations. So uh, if that were, you know, if that were available, we would be far out of Texas right now. <laughs> Let me tell you that. <laughs> okay. Um, so with regards to volunteering, there are plenty of volunteer opportunities. Some of these things may be limited to online, but I'm going to try to talk about it outside of the context of the current COVID pandemic, right? Because that's going to limit a lot of opportunities for many people to do certain things. Um, and the pandemic year of 2020 is almost like a gap year if a lot of people are putting off going to college or a, a well-known university because it's expensive. 
and you feel like, well, you're not getting the university experience because you're not living in a dorm, you're you're not you're taking everything online, you're back at your parents' parents' house or whatever. And uh in the article that I just skimmed over, they discouraged people from delaying going to university just because of the pandemic, but I, I take that kind of advice with a grain of salt because they're asking people who run the universities, you know, it's it's like it's like a restaurant owner saying, "Oh no, it's it's okay to come eat here," you know. I mean, they obviously have an incentive, right? They want students to register, pay tuition, and attend the university, um, if at all possible. Same with any business that's trying to survive. Okay, I don't I don't blame them for doing that at all. Now. So the question is, should you do it? And and there's no easy answer for this. I think if you're graduating high school and you're fully prepared, you know, mentally, psychologically, maturity-wise to take on college classes, maybe you've taken some dual credit classes while you're in high school, so you have a sense of what college courses are like. Um, Again, you could always, you know, if you envision yourself getting a degree that requires you to attend a four-year university or longer, you know, you could always start off with a community college, um, get some basics out of the way, save a lot of money, take them online. They're going to be fairly good quality courses. Again, look for online classes. Don't necessarily sign up for remote classes unless you get a sense from student reviews and feedback and recommendations because an instructor at the college level who may be brilliant in the classroom, you know, they may not be good at organizing and teaching an online course or a remote course. Now, many have adjusted and done very well, but if you're looking for an online class, then those are classes that were there before the pandemic. So chances are they, they're being taught, and if there are good reviews for them, that means they're being reviewed as an online class, not as an in-person class. So my daughter made that mistake, seeing reviews for a face-to-face class for the fall with an instructor. I talked about this previously. And then when the pandemic hit and the college decided to move everything online, suddenly that same professor was just horrible online. Okay, so anyway, so I'm, I'm trying to do my best to not focus on the pandemic. Everything seems to come back to that, okay. But um, a gap year could be for you to get some of those basic classes out of the way maybe even make some money, right? So it depends on the kind of college student you are. I think if you're coming from a family with good financial resources and a highly educated background with your parents, then the expectation is, yeah, you just go straight into college and it's not that big of a burden. But if you're like a lot of my students at the community college level who have to balance work, maybe with children, maybe with different generations in the household and taking classes, Right, there are at least multiple responsibilities. I'm not saying four year university students don't have that, but predominantly based on my experience going through the four year university, uh most of my freshman classmates were like me, same age, right out of high school, very few other obligations. Okay. The gap year thing, I to me, this is my personal opinion, okay, so take this however you want to. What's the rush, right? Well, maybe you want to be as efficient as possible because college and university and getting a degree is expensive. 
So you want to get it done as quickly as possible and start making money, right? Well, yeah, okay. That's one motivation. But if you're not quite clear what you want to do, then do you really want to jump right into a college or university, pay tuition, decrease your chances of making money because you won't be working as much, and spending that tuition money while you're exploring what you want to do, right? Or you can take that time off, work a job or two, use that time to do some volunteer work, make some connections, explore a little bit. Sure, you can travel, you know, if it's safe to do so, you know, post-pandemic-wise. So if you're listening to this a year from now, let's just imagine that the pandemic is over, right? So you can travel, get some international experiences, and it does not have to be through these very expensive gap year programs. Now, yeah, if you and your family can afford that, and it's a well-established kind of program tailored toward your needs that, you know, that would look good for the university you're going to, then yeah, of course, it's not a bad choice. But for most people, you can really travel and get a lot of those experiences yourself. Yourselves, For example, we lived in Thailand for four years. Once you're in Thailand, right, and you have your visa situation set up, there are many nonprofit or non-governmental organizations called NGOs that you can volunteer for. You can have it set up before you go there. They might be able to sponsor you with a visa so you can stay longer than what a typical tourist visa would. And actually, with a tourist visa going into a country like Thailand, you're really not supposed to engage in activities like that, right, in terms of volunteering or working, right? That requires a business visa and, and all that. So you're, you're more limited, and you don't want to be caught doing that and violating the rules of your entry visa, okay? So, um, so if you do a little planning ahead, make some contacts, find out a country you want to go to, you know, if you have the means, really... A place like Thailand, the bigger, the biggest expense is going to be the plane ticket, right? Because lodging can be extremely cheap. If you go with a friend and, you know, you can split like a studio apartment, um, literally. Um, now, I'm not talking about Bangkok, okay? It's a little bit more expensive, but somewhere north like Chiang Mai, you can stay there for less than a couple hundred bucks a month, literally, Okay. Um, now things might have gone up a little bit, so maybe three hundred bucks a month. That's the most we paid, and we had a three-bedroom house for three hundred bucks a month, okay, for rent. And so there, there are plenty of places like that. So you can stay with a local stay. You don't go for the place where all the foreign expats are staying. So you just do a little digging around, uh, make a local friend, and ha have them help find you find a place, okay. Um, but just keep in mind those are the prices. Don't you can't. You can't apply American prices to your expectations to staying over there. You're going to be thinking $500 to $1,000 a month. Ah, you can live like a king or a queen over there for that amount. Okay, So, yeah, that's that's basically it. I think I think it can be worthwhile. It all depends on your situation, right? Um, if you're not quite ready for college, not so much academically, but just in terms of not knowing what what you want to do. So that that was my, this is my thinking based on my personal history, was that I kind of just sort of coasted through high school, graduated, everyone around me, you know, just because of the community of people I'm with, they're all going to the university. You know, a lot of, in Texas, we're all going to UT Austin, right? Some people going to Texas A&M, some people going out of state to other universities. It was just a thing that was expected to do. Right. 
I mean, no one ever told me that that was an option, to not go to college right away, to, you know, hey, go work for a little bit, maybe get your own apartment, you know, just learn to live on your own, find out what you want to do, get a little bit of life experience, and then apply for college, right? Now, in the article that I attached um, in the description, also talks about some colleges having a deferment, right, where maybe you did apply and you got in, but you want to delay the time that you start going to school there. So you let's say fall of 2021, you're applying now, right, and you're accepted, and that university has a one-year deferment, so, so you can actually start 12 months from the time you thought you were going to start. That's fine, too, right? That's an opportunity to do other things and maybe make some money and save up since you're not trying to apply to the university anymore. Just work a bunch of jobs, save up some cash to, you know, get through college with as little debt as possible, okay? That's one strategy. So uh, the bottom line here, and I'm kind of all over the place on this one, is it all depends on your current situation and that you can really design your own gap year. It doesn't have to be such a structured thing where you're constantly busy. Sometimes, you know, having some free time to experience some boredom, right? Just for you to brainstorm a little bit, a time to think, a time to enjoy some quiet time, go immerse in nature, go camping, right? Go travel a little bit if you can afford it. Those are all great experiences in themselves. Um, not every activity in a gap year has to be something you put on a resume. right? I mean, it might end up on a resume. It might turn into a life skill. But the gap year shouldn't be, in my personal opinion, just another year of, you know targeted goals in that sense. I know maybe because I'm 53 right now and I'm pretty laid back thinking back on all those intense, you know, competitive years of school is that it's okay to stay, take a step back, right? And look at some alternative careers. Um, and that's something I can talk about some other time is whether or not you should go to college at all. That would be an interesting topic to talk about. Um, there's so many things we can learn on our own these days, you know, um, but I'll save that for another time. Okay, that's enough for today. I hope uh, this was enough of a diversion for you so you don't have to think about what's going on out there. And uh, if you have any questions, you can reach me. The How to reach me is, a, is in the description as well, as well as that little outro thing that I recorded that I play after every podcast with the smooth, smooth easygoing music. I hope you like that. And uh, thanks, thank you for some recent emails and uh, direct messages on Twitter lately. Uh, I really enjoy receiving those and answering some questions and getting some feedback. So I really like that. Okay, till next time. Thanks. Hey there, thanks for listening to this podcast today. Can you do me a big favor? Um, just so that this podcast gets heard by more students of psychology and other people interested in the field, uh, go to Apple Podcasts and put a little rating there if you like and uh, a brief uh, 
review okay and you can also contact me directly using the links in the description whether it's twitter or email with any suggestions or feedback that you may have to make the show better and uh, if there are any topics you want me to talk about i can add them and if you want to support me by buying me a coffee the methods are listed in the description as well again thanks and have a great day